0: The blind will see. Through you, the mute will sing. Through you, the dead will rise. Through you, my heart will praise. Through you, the darkness bleeds. Through you, my heart screams. I am free. I am free. Yes, I am free. I am free Was pain through you there's victory, through you my heart swings. You. I am free to live for You. Yes, I am
1: There's none like you, and I can't. I say it over and over. I thank you, Emmanuel, that you're with us when we're going through the hardest of times. You're with us, and when we have a moment that we can breathe and celebrate, you're with us. Tough times, good times. With us. So God be glorified today in our worship. As we sing these songs to you. Not to hear ourselves sing. I can't even sing. But just to worship you. To join in on the choir that you have. That 24-7 worships you. Holy, holy, holy Lord. God of heaven and earth. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Today, the atmosphere of spring break, may they may be here for one God. Let them feel the atmosphere is different here. God, your overflow, let it be on the beach. In every rented home here, Father, or people moving in by the droves, especially today, God, let them feel that something's different. Something's different. They may be here to just drink as much as possible and party. But God, you have a different plan. So right now we reach our hands out to that beach. Father, I ask you to move in their hearts, God. The folks that don't know you will become, will know you. Give the Christians out there, whoever they are, boldness to, to make a difference, God. Rise up, Christians. If you're not going to do it now, you never will. God, and the people in this congregation that are hurting. So it's been a restful week, and we check off things on our to-do list. Visit grandkids, boop. Take care of taxes, boop. Went to church, boop. You know the drill. If you're not careful church becomes a checkoff list for you. I read a lot during the week and I look for things that God will talk through me to you. And so it starts Sunday. I tell you this every week. It starts Sunday. I leave here. I walk in. I say, I have nothing for next week. He said, we just left church. Okay. You had some, I said, I know, but I'm already into next week. I hardly can remember what I preached on last week. So then my antenna Sunday afternoon starts saying, God, what's for next week? What you got? So I'm just walking around. Well, on Tuesday, I read a lot of Facebook posts. You know it. I usually correct you on some of yours. I read this post. And the Holy Spirit said, there it is. It said... Been living here at the beach for over three years. I love it here. Always wanted to live here. Been coming to Texas Beach for over 40 years. What makes me wonder is when I talk to other people that live here and they say they don't get, don't get on the beach anymore. I'm sure they love the beach or they would not have moved here. Got to thinking about that. I love my wife. I'll try to tell her and show her my love Any and as many ways in a day that I can. I love the Lord Jesus because he first loved me 2,000 years before I was born. The more I go to the beach or the canal, the more I love it here. The more I show my wife I love her, the more I fall in love with her. The more I show my Lord Jesus I love him, and the more I fall in love with him. Never, ever forget when you fell in love. I read that post. I went, okay. Holy Spirit just kind of fell. And I said, that's a sermon. It's not even a Valentine's sermon. How can I work love in the middle of all this? And, but God, you just you just gave me something huge. I read it several times, so here we go. That was a sermon brewing for sure. Don't ever forget who you fell in love with. And the moment you fell in love with God... Don't ever forget the moment that you knew he was real. I remember the exact moment I was 18 years old. It was a moment. I look back, and I want to say that I've always loved him, even as a young person, but I just kind of loved a lot of things. I loved ice cream. I love peanut butter. Everybody knows I love peanut butter. I love God. It was just kind of hmm, my list. I love my parents. We love God. But when did you really fall in love with Him? And do you show Him how much you love Him daily? Many Christians and non-Christians assume that the main thing about loving God is showing your your coming to church. Coming to church. I love God, so I'm going to go to church. Well, I hate to say this to you, but we don't know if you're here or not because we don't keep an attendance sheet or anything. We just love you when you walk in. There's no attendance chart. You don't get points here for coming to church. You don't get bonus points for staying awake. (laughs) You don't get extra, extra points if you stay the whole service. You don't get points for doing service projects or singing in the choir, the worship team. You do it because you're madly in love with God. The purpose of coming to church is... To be equipped to to live like Jesus the other 166 hours out of your 168 hour week. The purpose is to fall in love with Jesus, or if you're already in love, it's to teach you to be like Him. I could give you tons of examples on this. The first thing is Jesus died for you, He was the ultimate sacrifice. He loved you before you were even born. He's also created a place for you to spend eternity with. And you know people there perhaps already. You're going to see them again. He gives you opportunity every day if you're in tune with him to hear and feel his presence. And you can actually, it's tangible, you can actually feel God's presence. If you want to. If you seek him. If you're in tune with him. You feel his presence. Because Colossians 2.14, he canceled the record that contained the charges against us. He took it and destroyed it by nailing all of that to the cross. Jesus lived every day of his life in anticipation of that moment that he would give his life for you. Took communion this week and someone said, yeah. Yeah. Take this communion and he took that communion and gave communion knowing that he was going to die for you. So it was no surprise when he, at about 33 years of age, was arrested, beaten, sentenced to die. And, and it's even harder to imagine how he died. He made a way for you to have a relationship with God. And if that's not enough, he left his spirit. But you know, all this stuff is stuff you hear me say every week. So back to the Facebook quote, the more I show my Lord Jesus, I love him. The more I fall in love with him. Never, ever forget when you fell first fell in love. So I thought, who could that be in the Bible, Lord? How can I get that to scripture and clear as day? He said, tell about David. I went, David, jeez, Yeah, we'll talk about David said, a guy named David, the shepherd boy. I was going, yeah, 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 Lord, the king, the man, the warrior, the friend, the sinner. But today I want you to know a part about David that, that God knew the most. He said, David was a man after God's own heart. A man after God's own heart. What I love most about David was he was madly in love with God. We know that he had some weak areas in his life for sure, like we all do. But there was something about David that God would describe him as a man after his own heart. I mean, that's huge for God to say. Why? Why? Well, I believe it was his David wanted to be right with God. It grieved him that he broke that relationship with God. He wanted to always make that right. He was passionate about making things right. Repentance. Saying, examine me, Lord. I messed up. I'm sorry, please. Chuck Swindoll wrote a book about David. And he says there's three things about David that he wrote about. He said his spirituality, his humility, and his integrity So let's talk about David's spirituality. David loved what God loved. He loved everything about God and everything God loved, he loved. He was burdened by what burdened God. David's priority was living his life for God and he just didn't talk about living it. He put his faith right into action and he truly lived it. He tried to listen and obey God in every area of his life. When God confronted him. As he was talking to him, David took steps and made a difference and corrected it. Bottom line, David's heart was so sensitive to God. He heard his voice, he was in his presence, he knew him. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. I fail daily. Maybe you don't, maybe you're perfect. But I fell daily. But to have God say that I am a person after willing to run any errands to, to back and forth to his brothers when they were in the battle lines, David faithfully served God without complaining, without doing anything that would compromise his relationship with God. He helped people who didn't even appreciate it. David wasn't out there to make a name for himself. But when the time arose, he, wasn't, he was also wasn't about to allow God's name to be trampled on and disgraced. And he learned to be humble and when he needed to be humble. But he also had God-given strength when he needed to be strong. David had such integrity. Integrity means what we do when no one's looking. That's integrity. Is what we do... When no one is around and looking, do you have David's integrity? David is described as having integrity of heart. A lot of us do things, but what does it mean when, when we do things when no one's watching? What's most important? Remember, God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at our hearts. First Samuel 16:7. I want you to know that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be. Have our act together. God's looking for people who love him. Who truly love him. Is that you? Or is that just convenience sometimes for you? Do you still talk and. Say words that aren't pleasing to God. Do you still stir and. Flight around like a brand new Christian. So last week I gave you a challenge. So for so far I know that only one actually did it. Out of all of you. Maybe you're so humble you didn't tell me about it. Did you ask don't raise your hands, I just don't want to see it. Did you ask someone, are they saved? Are born again. But maybe I had this sermon when I thought about it, I said, God, did I do that backwards? Perhaps did I get these sermons out of whack? But I couldn't have done that, God, because you give me every sermon every week. But I feel like I got this one backwards. Maybe David should have been last week and did. See how my mind works. I said, No, God. So maybe you have to fall so in love with him that asking people if they're saved or born again is out of the abundance of your heart. Because you're so passionately in love with God that it's easy to do. I'm not asking you to rob a bank here or or something that's awkward or big or sinful. I'm just asking you to ask people if they're saved. The prayer warriors have one goal. Initially is to make sure that you're saved. And out of the, to be the light because there's plenty of darkness. Let's, let's be people who not only reads God's word, but people that also do God's word. May we be people after God's own heart like David. Read about him. And look, Satan doesn't mind. He doesn't mind you coming to church. He doesn't mind that a bit. He's glad you're here, really. Isn't that weird to say? He doesn't mind you going to church as long as he can keep us thinking that what really matters is whether or not you make it to church on Sunday. He's okay with your little hour or two hours on Sunday. He can cope with that. He doesn't mind if you have an emotional experience in church. He doesn't mind if you're singing with every right note or feeling inspired by the service as long as you don't take it with you. That's no problem. Going to church feeling good in church, meeting wonderful people, friendly people in church, and having a good time in church. That's all great stuff. But the power in the church is the power of Jesus that changes lives outside the church. Satan doesn't matter if you're just sitting in here. He doesn't, it doesn't, you're not on his radar. He's got millions sitting in church this morning. He's not attacking all of them, but he will grab you. After you go out and do something. Do you understand that? I don't think so. In the book of Mark, Jesus quotes Isaiah saying, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. How far from God are we? Just being in this place doesn't bring us closer to God. It does just for a minute for maybe a worship song. You have to get in your word at home and do something. You have to have the boldness to go out and tell people about him. Church, don't forget when you fell in love. Put all the religion beside aside. Don't forget the moment you madly fell in love with him. I love him because after all I've done in my life, he forgave me. And he loves me. He restored to me things that I thought were lost forever. He called me to be here. I still see things that I prayed for years ago happening. And, and there's no timeline. It comes from the abundance of who you are. Oh my gosh, y'all are so quiet. Let me go back to David. Everybody likes to talk about David. The shepherd boy. The king, the man, the warrior, the friend, the sinner. David, a man after God's own heart. When we get before God. I would love for him to say, well done. Kay, you were after my own heart. You're after my own heart. Oh, my gosh. And I look over at Molly sometimes when we we talk to her and she does something. When she knows she feels good about it, she'll go. But I'm standing before God and he says that. And I'm just like, should he say that? I look over, I see Dave, and I go, yeah. Thank you, David. Open your Bibles. Have a passion for God. More than just an hour a week. Open your Bibles. Talk to people. We're about to bust this place wide open with a beach ministry. And it won't be in here. It'll be out there. It'll be out there. So it was David's second attempt to bring in the ark back into Jerusalem the first attempt failed you remember the he, the ark if you don't know is the very presence of God before Jesus so this was his second attempt to bring it back into Jerusalem this time he did changed a lot he changed different things he didn't bring it in by a little cart because we knew that got wobbly and tipped over These guys were proudly had these long gold rods and they're bringing in the very presence of God. I want you to get to a place when the presence of God moves in you and you cannot be still. You cannot be still. What do you think David would do when they were bringing in for the final time the presence of God? Did he say, it's here? presence is coming in. No, I don't think he did. The very presence of God. Knowing his wife, who is the daughter of Saul, is up there not even coming to the event. She's back there going, whatever, David. Whatever. David set this up so beautifully. He had seven choirs all lined up. He had harp players and flute players and worship people. And, and the presence started coming. And he was so excited because he was a man after God's own heart. And he wanted to show God, I'm, I adore you. I adore your presence. I adore your presence. Not just like, ark's here. Scoot over. Let him through, let him through. He didn't know what to do. He had all of his priestly garments on. He was king. He would do probably what I would do. He shed all that stuff. All of a sudden, him being the king didn't mean anything. Because he was ushering in. And I'll be coming in first. And, and then he knew that isn't right. Oh God that's not right. But he had the choirs and everybody lined up. When the presence of God falls into place. You can throw out the rule book. When you're passionately in love with him. Now, if you just attend church, it would be, I feel the presence of God. Maybe, I think that's it. But when you know Him and you read His Word and you know His presence and He speaks to you and you hear His voice, you don't know what you'll do. Sometimes you'll cry. Sometimes you'll fall down. Sometimes you'll worship. I don't know. If Jesus walked in, I don't know. I think I would just, I think I'd just dance. I wonder how David did. We can read the scriptures. Let's start this. Sit back. Watch
0: close. Watch close. When the Spirit of the Lord there comes upon my heart, I will dance like and David. That when the spirit of There's the, the Lord comes on, no, no, upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. I will dance, I will dance, I will dance, I will dance. And like David Like David, damn. But... Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Let the nations let say, Lord, all the ratings. Let the heavens to be to glad. Be let the earth rejoice. Let the Say, oh, Lord, oh, oh, you should say, the Lord of Let the me, you're free. I the
1: clothes and throw off our little religion stuff oh God when you're in when we're in your presence we don't know what can happen I don't think I can stand God I don't think I can talk Oh Jesus but if we don't know you here we just sit Wait for church to be over. Call our mamas and said, we went. Jesus, you're missing out, folks. If you do not get in the presence of God, let me tell you, when I was at home, I danced just as much there as I did here. Jesus, oh, God, forgive us. Forgive us, God. Oh, God. David knew right fast that he didn't deserve it. Did he not even want that crown? He didn't care who was watching. He was escorting the very presence of God back into his town. You were king. Oh, God. My prayer here is for everyone to know and feel the presence of God. out of your abundance of that no one could stop you from talking about him going up to someone saying are you saved is like are you saved I gotta tell you it's not did anyone do it one did come on church come on church we're not like this isn't a religion we have here This isn't a dadgum country club we have here. This isn't a membership. This is coming together to fuel up and go out there. Oh, God. Oh, God. We praise you. We thank you that your presence is so tangible. Like David, when we're in your presence, we reconcile. I will sing like David said. I
0: will pray.